Hey everybody, welcome to Heidi and Tony Explore Cleveland. A podcast all about Cleveland and fun things to do. We go exploring. And we go eat. We eat lots and we enjoy it. So join us as we share these experiences with you. And we hope that these experiences inspire you to enjoy the great city of Cleveland. Sorry, I'm sorry. People are going to be like, what's wrong? (laughs) Oh, we were recording a podcast and my podcast partner whipped me in the face with a string of lights she had. Ah, you know. (laughs) Quit, you're going to be making noise. I know, you're right. No, but I'm so obsessed now. I want to just get it done. Well, we shouldn't be recording then. (laughs) Okay. Put it down, damn it. All right, I'm going to put it down. Put it down, but then the lights are going to tangle. Oh, no. No, they're not. They're not going to tangle. They like you're... are tangled. Okay. Woo! Okay. On this episode of Heidi and Tony Explore Cleveland. On this adventure, we went to Hale Farms. Sorry. <laughs> I thought I was going to eat the Heimlich. For water? Yeah. Hale Farm. Is it Hale Farm or Hale Farm and Village? Hale Farm and Village. Which is part of? The Cleveland History Center. And both are part of the Western Reserve Historical Society. When we first walked in, there was Rich, who was a volunteer with the Cuyahoga Valley Railroad. And Heidi got to drive a train. (laughs) I did. I came home and told Paul... Paul is so obsessed about trains, anything train related. And I was like, I got to conduct a train today. And I was actually trying to convince Paul to volunteer with me with the Cuyahoga Valley Railroad, because that's one of the things that he was talking to us about that we could do. The Cuyahoga Valley Railroad, which we haven't done yet, there's lots of different things that you can do on that train, and there's different stops. And one of the things that you can do is For example, like take your bike and then do like a bike trail. Or you could get off and have dinner in Peninsula at the Winking Lizard. Different things like that. But you can also volunteer for their Christmas celebration that they do. Right, and my aunt and uncle, I found out, have been volunteering for that for many years. Oh, really? They are elves. Oh. It's called the North Pole Adventure. It looks really fun and exciting. Yes. Especially for little kids. So you can volunteer doing that. Yes. So if you're interested, please go to their website and volunteer. He is a volunteer there. He was super friendly. He was super friendly. Yeah, I really enjoyed him. He was very nice and has been volunteering with the railroad for many, many years. So then we left him and went out into the village. Yes. And when we went, it was a very nice day. Oh, gosh. It was beautiful. And it was not very crowded. Which I was surprised about. Right. And we were there a long time. I was surprised by that, too. There's a lot to see here. Yes, very much to see. Yeah. I was impressed. I was, too. I enjoyed it. So I have been there before, Mm -hmm. but I was in third grade, I believe. Okay. So like eight, nine. Yes. So it was a very long time ago. The only thing I remembered when I went from when I went, was there was an ant in my lunch, so I couldn't eat my lunch. (laughs) And that's when I learned what a horse pucky was. Yes, that's what you kept saying. Which 
I now have learned it's called what? Horse apples. Horse apples. Never heard it called that before until you guys told me that. You and Kyle. Have you not seen Shawshank Redemption? I have. Okay, so yes. I believe they use that term in that. They do. (laughs) But my brain. Oh, that's right. You have brain issues. I don't remember. How could I forget? (laughs) Yeah, and you remembered also the tapping of the trees. Didn't you remember that too? I did, yes. Yeah. They actually took us in the woods to show us how they tap the trees. I didn't know if that was you or Paul because Paul had memories that were similar to yours. So you guys had been there before. I had never been. They don't have horses anymore. Right. But they do have other animals. They do. Yeah. We're not allowed to touch them. No. But there was a lot of history behind this place. And the one thing I'm kind of embarrassed to admit is I didn't realize Hale was a man. It's his last name. Jonathan Hale. Yes. And this was about his family... Land, I guess, right? His family plot. And one of the characters, what are they called? The Educators. One of the educators told us that Jonathan was the second child, the second son. So he was going to receive wealth from his father, but not land. Correct. Which is why he moved out west and created this whole village on this plot of land. For his family. For his family, yeah. And that was, I believe, Andrew who told us about that, wasn't it? Yes, I believe it was. So let's talk about these educators. They were third person educators. There is another sister museum down in Columbus. The Ohio Village. And those people are actually dressed and portraying the actual person that they're representing. Right. They're in character. Yes. These educators are dressed in period timepieces for their class as well as the time. Correct. The very first house that we go to is a replica of Jonathan Hale's original home it's not his actual home but it's a replica of what his home would look like and they said that he had built it from hand and the educator was andrew andrew he told us that when you're building it by hand with little resources you learn to live with what's enough correct right so it was a pretty decent sized room with a bed and a fireplace and a sitting area right it was simple it was very simple and we learned in this original cabin that he had a garden that had beans corn and squash and squash because all those things can utilize each other to grow right in each other so you didn't need a whole lot of space right and they could grow Together. Right. Like the beans can vine themselves on the corn. Right. And the squash could use any leftover space. Right. Within. That um, area. Yes. That plot. Yeah. Because the corn grows up, the beans vine up the corn, and then the squash is on the ground. Right. And they had a replica of that kind of garden there outside of that house. Yeah. Yes. 
they also had a smokehouse on that that part of the property. They did, right. Because they hunted. Right, to smoke their meats and keep them preserved. Right. And then we went to the Carriage Museum. We did go to the Carriage Museum. Because I thought we were going to be able to have a maple sugar sucker. What does that have to do with the carriage museum? Because we looped around in the woods. Yes, we did. And then there was the sugar house, which I remember when I was little that they showed you all that. Well, they did say later on in the tour that they don't have enough people to work the different houses right. and the different sites. They used to have every one of these things open. Right. Every one of the buildings and exhibits. Right. So then we did go, yes, to the carriage house. Right, because the sugar house was closed. But there was like a sign in front of each one of these. With a QR code. Right, that you could scan. Yes. If the building's not open, scan the QR code, and it gives you all kinds of information. So we made it to the carriage trail, and there was, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 carriages in there. Oh, there were quite a few. Yeah. And they were like original and beautiful. I didn't realize that some of those carriages actually had headlights on them later in life. They had, yeah, and they like, were higher up, so yeah. they were more luxurious, and some had padded seats to them. Right. And yeah, it was really interesting in the carriage trail house. Well, and it had signs as well describing what they were. Very educational. So then we made our way back down to the blacksmith. Yes, Marty the blacksmith. And he made a bunch of things out of metal using hot iron, right? Or what was he using? Oh, I I don't even know. I didn't ask. So he was making a ratchet trammel while we were there, Marty. Yeah, I still don't understand what this thing is. Back then, they cooked over an open fire in the fireplace. Right. So what it does is allows them to hang the pot that they're cooking in... Okay. Over the fire and adjust the height. Yeah, with a ratchet. Correct. I wasn't, I'm not a good visualizer and I just wasn't visualizing that when he was saying it. But now that you've explained it, I think that that's helpful to me. But that's what he was making was that tool. And we saw some of the tools that he made throughout some of the other homes that we toured. And they sold some of the things that he made as well. In the gift shop. There was a glass maker that we saw, and there was a pottery maker that we saw. And all of the things that those people were demonstrating on how to make, they were making in real time. And then whatever their product was, or whenever it finished curing, if you will, then they were selling those products in the gift shop. I thought that that was pretty awesome. For sure. And the blacksmith, when we walked in... There was a table full of metal items. There was a rose. There was a snake. Oh, yes. There were a couple of snakes, and that rose was beautiful. Yeah, and he and he said he made everything that was on that table, and yes. they were using fire and tools and shaping it, and it was really cool. And the I was to- really impressed. The, yes, and all the tools that he had in that building with him. Mm-hmm. I know that he could tell us every single thing that he had there. We couldn't talk to him for long. There were other guests there. Mm -hmm. And he was working on his trade. Exactly. With hot fire. Right. He was busy. He had other people to talk to. So we didn't want to keep him for too long. And if you, you can actually look him up online as well. 
Um, I think he's been there like 40 years or something. I, I believe that's what Kyle told us. Yeah. Over 40 years he's been working there, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I can see why he's been there that long because he does beautiful, beautiful work. And then next to him was a sheep barn, which we didn't see any sheep in there. We um, saw sheep later, though. We did see sheep later. I thought you were going to mention bathrooms. The bathrooms were kind of catty corner, like up the road a little bit from him. But not too far from where he was. No, and surprisingly... Surprisingly, I was so impressed. (laughs) Because this place is all about staying in the period and being very rustic. But there were actually real bathrooms, which always speaks near and dear to my heart. Yes. (laughs) Working water, flushable toilets, and they were clean. I believe I told you there was a changing table. There was a changing table and handicap accessible restroom as well. So, yeah, so there were bathrooms right there on the property for you to use. So I thought, perfect. This is perfect. So then we had to cross the road, right? We did. And there's a whole village on the other side of the road. Yes. We went to the one building where they were talking about the canal. We sat and had a little snack in this area and a drink because it was hot. The building did not have a name, I don't believe. But we went into this building and it gave you information regarding the canals. And what a significance the canals made on people who had to actually build their own furniture and make their way off the land versus things that were coming down through the canal and they were able to provide their own furnishings that way if you had the money to do so, right? But the canals really changed the culture and the level of sophistication in the homes. And Kyle, who we'll talk about a little bit later, told us that before we crossed the road, that was pre-canal. Post-canal was after we crossed the road. Next to that was the glassworks barn where we met Brian. He does amazing work. And he showed us everything from start to finish. One of the things that I learned was how fast the glass cools down so he puts it in this hot oven and he only has so much time to work with it before he has to stick it back in the oven again and reshape it and stick it back in the oven again you would think because it comes out so flaming hot that you would think that it would stay hot for a long period of time but he had to keep putting it back in the oven again right and he actually pulls the glass before he starts making the piece The glass is already in the oven. And he showed us how they color the glass. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. And again, the pieces that they're making in front of our eyes Mm -hmm. are being sold in the gift shop. And in the gift shop, they had like wine goblets. The wine goblets are dishwasher safe. Oh, yeah. I looked that up. It's worth the purchase in my book. And Ohio made. Right. Northeast Ohio made. What do you always say? Right here in our backyard. Yeah. I know, that's so true. Before we move forward, it's time for a break. Okay. We will be right back after these messages. If you like this podcast, we ask that you like, follow, share, or leave a review. If you visit any of the places we've talked about, please let us know about your adventures on our social media pages. We look forward to your comments. Now let's get back to our adventures. And back from the break. Welcome back. Welcome back. 
We had a little tiff while we were on break. We did? Yeah. I'm trying to multitask. <laughs> That's the problem. Yes, it is a problem. We cannot multitask while we're on air. No, we cannot. So we move on to the pottery shed. Tony talked to Kyle. I did. For a very, very long time. He was a cutie. (laughs) He was. No, he gave us a lot of good information. He did. I enjoyed talking to Kyle. All while demonstrating making pottery. Yes. And he made a lot of good pieces. You could see a lot of his work behind him while he was making things as well. Well, he said that he fills up his shelves in the back and then starts the process of... Right. What's it called? Kiln. The wood or coal-fired kiln, which is 2,300 degrees. Oh, my goodness. And you can see there's a big chimney that they built. But he does salt glazing. He doesn't do the typical varnish i'm not really sure if that's the correct term i don't Um, even know what salt glazing means it's the way that they used to do it oh okay again per the period correct right he does a lot of beautiful work too uh he talked to us a lot about just the history of hale farm itself yeah he's been there a long time and he's had different positions so he did talk to us about yes hale farms And his stuff was also sold in the gift shop. Yes, you could see. And And he has a special signature that he puts on the bottom of his work. He does. But I was also going to say a lot of his stuff was in the homes. When we start to tour these homes on this side of the street, there were a lot of his pieces in the kitchens. Yes. I mean, that's really cool. It is really cool. Yeah, I loved how they kept it all you know, realistic to the time frame. Absolutely. So next to the pottery shed and kiln is the general store, which was not open the day we were there. Again, they have these signs that tell you about everything about them and the QR code. And there's also like benches and picnic tables that you can sit at. All throughout the village. So if you're just strolling along, you need to take a seat. You take a seat. Right. Because it was a lot of walking. We walked a lot that day. We did. We moved on to the Herrick house. That was a dairy farm where they made butter and cheese. It was nice and cool in the houses when we went in. Do you remember? I do remember. And I think that was the way they were constructed, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So it was warm outside, like hot. It was nice to walk into these houses and cool off and then we talked to the educators and they would tell us about what the house is being used for basically or what kind of work they did in the house Mm -hmm. and the herrick house they did dairy farming butter and cheese and in 1860 catherine let us know ohio was the number one state for producing cheese and illinois was second Illinois produced around 2 million pounds of cheese. And how many did Ohio produce? 22 million pounds of cheese. Isn't that crazy? When she told us that, that was pretty remarkable. Yes. Yeah, I know. They still actually make cheese and butter in that kitchen. 
Everything in that kitchen is usable. I thought that was great. And each one of these houses on this side of the road, I have to point out, had pantries to die for. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they really knew to invest in the kitchen. Yes. And these pantries were really nice. And this is the house that had the sheep and the oxen. And they also had chickens. Mm-hmm. But they had to take the chickens and move them to a different location because they had some wild animal that I don't remember what it was. She said it was similar to a ferret. Yes. And it possibly is living in the attic, which is why we couldn't go upstairs. Correct. And this place also had a really lovely garden outside of it as well. It did. Not as lovely as the other house. Right. Which we will get to. But they still had a really lovely garden. On the outside of this house as well. As we were walking, there was a law office, which also had a sign to tell you about that. It was the law office owned and used by Senator Benjamin Franklin Wade. Then we went to the Jagger house where we met Jeffrey. Jeffrey, he was handsome. Jeffrey was Dressed very nice. Again, period clothing. Mm -hmm. And the way that he was dressed, I assumed he was upper class. But in that period was considered middle class. And we walked in and he was writing a novel. And this one had wallpaper. It was not wallpaper. It was stenciling. We thought it was wallpaper because it looked like wallpaper, but it was stenciling. This house, they didn't have to cook over the fireplace. This is no, the one that oven. they bought off of the ships in the canal. Yes. So they actually had an, an oven and in the house. And their pantry had a pass-through from the kitchen to the, to the pantry, which was, again, I was so impressed by these pantries. We then went to the schoolhouse. There was a sign there to tell you about the schoolhouse. And the QR code. And you had to walk across a wooden bridge to get to that. You did. I was scared of the wooden bridge. It was not a... It no, was it fine. was fine. It was fine. I don't like bridges. I don't like driving over bridges. I know. I don't like You never walking. let me drive over a bridge. No. Then we moved on to the Goldsmith House, where we met Max and Caroline. And they're the ones that explain to us about the third person versus the one in Columbus where they actually are in character. Which is the Ohio Village. And they, they also told us how they visit each other. So I thought that was interesting. They do how field they, trips. Yes. So each other's museums. And this is the house, too, that had the beautiful, beautiful garden. It was so beautiful. Yes. There was a koi pond. I mean, it was really beautiful, this garden. I took pictures of that. I did too. And Max was a volunteer. Max told me he has been volunteering there for about seven years. Max was 19 years old. Oh, I didn't realize that. He was only 19? Yes. Oh, my. And has been volunteering there for seven years. Wow, good for Max. Absolutely. Max and Caroline told us about volunteer opportunities they said that volunteers come and care for the gardens there they ask for help with all of the special events that they have and they need volunteers for those as well so there's lots and lots of volunteer opportunities at Hale Farm so if you can't volunteer on a regular basis 
you can volunteer for other things. Right. And we're going to go through some uh, examples of what those yes. other schedules could be, event schedules. So then we went back across the street to, where did we end up? At Jonathan Hale's house. At Jonathan Hale's house. The brick house. Yes. The one that he built later in life as his family kept expanding. Yes. The house kept expanding as well. Yes, it did. And he actually, because I asked about the brick and mortar of the house. You know, I always wonder, like, who's the first person to come up with making mortar, making things stick, or how did they figure that out? But I guess his father did it back in New England. And so he actually made all of the bricks himself, and then he and his son made the mortar. I'm I'm just amazed that they made the bricks. I know. And the house had many different levels to it. Like there was different steps to different levels oh, and yeah. down to the kitchen and back up to the other room. And there was just a lot of different cool areas the way that that house had been built. Yes. And over the years... I guess that they hadn't always made this house for what it was, but they're trying to transition it now back to the historical aspects of Correct. this house. So they had a lot of weaving items. and Yeah, different trades, soap making and things like that right. had been in the house. But that wasn't correct of the historical sense of Jonathan Hale and his family. Correct. Because I asked if Mrs. Hale did all that weaving because there was a lot of spinning wheels right. and looms and all of that was in that house. And Laura, who was the educator in, in the house at the time that we went, said no. That right. was not anything that Mrs. Hale did. There were pictures of Mr. and Mrs. Hale in this house. Yes. Oh, and they had a flower garden in front of the Hale house. Mm -hmm. And Laura let us know that the that flower garden... Those flowers are specifically used to dye the wool for the yarn, which I thought was really cool. It just shows you how much they lived off the land. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Then we went into, we went back to the gift shop. To the gift shop. Made our way back. And just went through and, and saw all the items that were for sale, for sale that... You know, the glass blown items, the items made by the blacksmith, the pottery items, the maple sugar items. I was going to say, and the sugar products. Heidi and I each grabbed a few things. Right, we did. And we talked to Skylar at the front desk. Right. About some of those things. Everybody there was very helpful and informative. Very much so. So the building that the gift shop is in also has some restrooms and it has some event space rooms because right. this actually, a lot of people use for wedding venues, the yes. Hale Farm and Village. So just to keep that kind of stuff in mind, some other things to mention is about the membership. And if you get a membership to the Western Reserve Historical Society, you will be able to get in for free to Hale Farm and Village and the Ohio Village in Columbus. Active military also get in free and children who are two years or younger. The cost to get into Hale Farm and Village is $15. 
Parking is free, but they are only open on Saturdays and Sundays from 10 to 4. And the $15 is for ages 13 and up. Ages 3 to 12 is $8. Oh, okay. I recommend that you get there closest to 10 as you can. Yeah, and take your time. Uh, The more buildings that they have open, the more time you're going to spend there. And you learn a lot in every single building that you go to. Absolutely. And take your time to talk to the educators. It's their job. They want to tell you about this. When we first walked in, Andrew was the first person that we met. And he... Was excited. He was very excited. Yeah. He was very excited to tell us about the log cabin that he was in for the day. And he told us he was fairly new. And... I think he did a wonderful job. I just really enjoyed talking with everybody, to be honest with you. They love what they're doing. And it shows. It does show. Other things that we should mention is that this is not pet friendly. And the accessibility is not the best. A wheelchair might not necessarily work real well. Well, with, I just don't know how well you'll be able to get in and out of the correct, houses. Correct. You're not going to be able to get through the buildings the way that you would like. The hail house, house the, the it's called house. the brick house, Yeah, did have a handicap accessible sign outside of it, but only parts of it were accessible. Right, because there's many different levels to that house right. as they were building on in time. And the, the glass blowing exhibit is up a... A steep hill that you have to walk. Yes. So you want to just pay attention to those kinds of things. People did have strollers too. So Yeah, they did. The other thing is the location. So this is actually located in Bath, Ohio, off of Oak Hill Road. You know, there's a lot of signs to get you there. So it's a pretty easy find to get to. Across the street from the village is actually a cemetery where the hills are buried. Yeah, not far down the street. So when you're riding on Ira Road, if you see that cemetery there, that's where the Hale family is actually buried. And then the last thing that I think that we should mention is that they actually do these events. So, for example, and some of these things may have already passed, but I think they do them annually. They do Music in the Valley Folk and Wine Festival. They do a Civil War weekend. They do... A Made in Ohio Arts and Craft Festival, All Hails Eve, a Harvest and History Dinner, the Holiday Lantern Tours that they do. So there's different things that you can get into. Check their website for their most current events is what I would recommend. And then they also do online programs and exhibits as well. You know, for those people who may not be able to get there due to any disability, Check out online. It's worth checking it out, I would say. It's amazing the work that these people do there. I agree with that 100%. There's youth summer camps and school programs, adult workshops, corporate community, and private rental spaces. So yeah, check out their website. I'll have their website posted on our website as well, like I typically do. And and they're on social media as well. Uh, Yeah, this is another great find right in our backyard. Absolutely. Took us the whole afternoon. Yeah, we were there for four hours. Yeah, to experience. So, you know, I love doing stuff like this. Again, I love discovering what Ohio has to offer. You have Ohio handmade items right here. 
beautiful items. Yeah, for sure. It was a great day. It was a great find. I'm sure it's not a find. Many, many of you who grew up locally probably have gone to Hell Farm and Village before. This was my first time there, and I did really enjoy it. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. So, as always, thanks for listening. Until next time. Heidi and Tony Explore Cleveland was created and produced by Heidi Johnson and Tony Gambino. Please contact us if you are a listener and have suggestions of where we should go next. Or, if you're a local business and you would like us to visit and share our experience, please email us at exploringclevelandht at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to the content creators and not the business, organization, affiliates, or their employees. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. All rights reserved.